you're listening to the Saluki Games Cast. My name is Justin Young. This is episode 52 for September 1st. We now have an episode for every week of the year. Hmm. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Alicia. <laughs> you can now listen to the Saluki Games Cast every week of the year. <laughs> Even when we're not recording new episodes. <laughs> um, now we can quit, right? After this episode, the podcast is over. No new episodes. That's it. You just need one for every week of the year. Never need to do a new one again. Yep. <laughs> I feel like we have to get to episode 365 if we continue past this point. Absolutely. I was going to say 52 for one week a year would be like syndication, but I think that's 100 episodes, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got 40, 48 more to go. Yeah. 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 Can so we can't get even get syndicated <laughs> quite yet. We're not even as good as Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> oh. oh. That man. just made me feel very bad about my life. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how it makes Ray feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's uh, Alicia Utech, Mario Sanders, and OJ, um, who you are hearing talking already. <laughs> Usually they wait until I introduce yeah. them, but this week they were very uh, anxious to jump right on yeah. in. Um, so, welcome, everyone. Um, so, we just had an adventure mm-hmm. in uh, a <laughs> runaway dog. Uh-huh. Uh, OJ, you, have, you made a new friend who then abandoned you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I live about uh, a little over half a mile from campus, and so as I was walking here today, a, a little dog just started barking at me and then following me, uh, followed me the whole way to the building here, the communications building, and then uh, as we were trying to get the dog to like come up and um, uh, Justin was going to get the dog some water, it just started following the path right back, so uh, we were following it, and my partner was going to come with the uh car and take the dog back to around where we live so that like if the dog got lost there but then the dog like made a left turn into some apartments and just stopped and was barking at me and then ran off so uh it was our puppy adventure for the day it was the humoresque of a little dog yeah (laughs) um well beyond our dog adventures how how's everyone doing doing all right Uh you know the weather is perfect this week as opposed to Mm -hmm. disgusting last week Mm -hmm. so I mean, I'm not dying just walking outside this week. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> That's an improvement. Exactly. So it's been good to like open up the house this week and finally get the motivation to do some cleaning because I'm like, there's fresh air. I should actually <laughs> clean my house. <laughs> Before second summer starts. Right. <laughs> so, it, it, Alicia, I feel like if anyone in here has seen this, you have the new Flash movie. Yes. <laughs> okay. What is with that movie? I, you know, there's things I want to like about it. I love Michael Keaton, Batman. You know, I love the, I'm blanking on her name, but the actress who plays Supergirl. Sasha Cole? Something like that. Yeah. Um, But just with how much I hate Ezra Miller as a human being, Mm -hmm. because they are absolutely disgusting, just the fact that they had... And you were talking about their behavior, some abusive behavior right. and everything they, going on. You don't just hate the actor for no reason. No, I, I hate them for them proving themselves to be a disgusting human being. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the fact that the 
vast majority of the movie, you have two Ezra Millers on screen. I just, I, <laughs> I wanted to like the movie, but that just ruined it all for me. <laughs> uh, has, yeah. Bl- has Blue Beetle come out? Yes, Blue Beetle is really good. Okay. I, I think that speaks to how well Blue Beetle is doing, but you have no idea if it's even come out yet. Yeah. Well, Blue Beetle's like a new reboot for DC or something like that, right? Sort of. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't originally supposed to be. But well, okay. yeah, it was. Because oh. it was James Gunn starting over. But then they're like, oh, no, Gal Gadot's still going to have a third Wonder Woman. But... We've already recast Superman and Lois for that over mm-hmm. here. And I don't know if, is, is it, has Flash been out long enough? Can I say a spoiler from the end? Uh, well, turn away for like the next minute if you don't want a spoiler. Yeah. Okay, we've got spoilers. <laughs> okay, George Clooney Batman came back at the end of Flash. And like, is he going to be in the verse moving forwards? Because Blue Beetle clearly establishes like Batman already exists but it's definitely not Ben Affleck. Could be George Clooney. We don't know. Superman already exists. That's been recast. But Gal Gadot still gets a third Wonder Woman, so who honestly knows? <laughs> but now they're saying that she's not getting a third Wonder Woman. Are they back to saying that she's not? Yeah, and see, that Blue Beetle movie began before James Gunn took over. Like, they were... That was greenlit under the previous administration of DC, <laughs> and... Then they sort of, when James Gunn came in, he retconned and was like, yeah, this is part of the new, um, you know, our new reboot and everything. But, like, nobody really knows if yeah. what is and what isn't. And, like you said, the end of The Flash, nobody knows, what, is that just a one-off joke or is that going to carry over in any way? Nobody, I don't think people think it's going to carry over. Yeah. Which makes But then they're weirder. definitely not connecting the Robert Pattinson Batman. It definitely won't be him. Mm-hmm. Right. It just, man, <sighs> as a lifelong DC fan, can I just get your stuff together, DC, <laughs> please? <laughs> it, it seems really weird to do a big budget, big screen adaptation of the Flashpoint Paradox right as you are rebooting your entire franchise. And like that was a reboot in the comic Mm -hmm. continuity and then not actually use it to reboot anything. Yeah. Yeah. Is Jason Momoa still Aquaman? Like he has a, he has a end credits cameo for flash, but does he still get another movie? I, well, they do. They already have that movie coming out like at Christmas. That's already Yeah. That's already complete. Lost track. (laughs) But, I lost track of that with all the Amber Heard drama. <laughs> but they're talking about that he won't be Aquaman after this movie, but they're talking about recasting him as Lobo in the new movies. What? Ah, DC. <laughs> okay, look, Blue Beetle was good. It's not perfect, but it's a solid like 8.5 out of 10. I would be That's happy with that refreshing the slate. That's most comic movies to me. <laughs> And I mean, I'm, I will admit I'm biased and rank the, most of them higher, but I would be happy with Blue Beetle refreshing the slate and just, because again, Flashpoint Paradox is a reboot. So if we're rebooting, can we please not carry over Ezra Miller? Mm-hmm. Like if I would literally rather have Batfleck back <laughs> <laughs> than have Ezra Miller keep going as Flash. <laughs> I wish they would get Grant Gustin because 
people are trying to get Grant Gustin right. for the Robert Pattinson Batman, mm-hmm. which means he wouldn't be in the mainline DC movies mm-hmm. because that's still its own thing. And the thing that calls itself Joker is still its own thing. Mm-hmm. And just, that is also not connected, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a stupid movie. Don't waste your time. <laughs> I've already seen it. <laughs> I'm There's sorry. a sequel to that coming out that's yeah. a musical. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? Did you not know that? I knew there was a sequel. What? Lady Gaga has been cast as Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Okay, that I would... <laughs> <laughs> I love Lady Gaga. I think she would be a great Harley Quinn. Can she please be Harley Quinn in something that's actually yeah. DC? Yeah, if, if y'all had seen the range of emotions on Alicia's face for, the, for this conversation. <laughs> there, was like a, there was a moment there I was worried she had a stroke. Yeah. Like her face just froze up. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it's that, the meme of the lady drinking the kombucha where she's like, yeah. Yeah. Like, Lady Gaga. <laughs> oh my gosh. Funnily enough, I feel like I remember seeing, you know, back in 2009 or whatever, I, re- I feel like I remember seeing videos that were, you know, Joker and Harley Quinn and, you know, people would do clips from other movies with Heath Ledger. And I think back in the day I did see some with Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. So mm-hmm. that's kind of hilarious. And I would love to see her play that role. I think it would be fun. Mm-hmm. But the Joker movie is not... <laughs> the only reason that, it's jo- that they slapped the name Joker on there was to drag... DC comic fans to the film. It's it worked. It, it mm-hmm. did, and I hate it. <laughs> and I was super excited for that movie, and it was two hours of my life I will never get back. Mm. And I don't, man. Even Lady Gaga's Harley Quinn, I don't think is going to get me that second one. Oh wow. <laughs> there, there's some real problems with that movie. There's so many problems on so many levels. I mean, Just terrible portrayal of mental health. Terrible. Writing, <laughs> like, just everything about that movie is bad. I'm not sorry. Yeah, I I, I will say that movie sort of just left a d- disgusting feeling in my stomach afterwards, whereas Flash was just more like, this is a mess. Yeah. Like, and there are Fla- elements Flash. I kind of, there are elements I kind of like out of this, but altogether it just is a mess of yeah. the film. that's what I mean. Like, there's a lot of things I l- want to like about Flash. Just the fact that Ezra Miller is so present in it ruins the movie for me. Otherwise, I feel like I could watch it and enjoy it in the same way that I enjoy the first Suicide Squad movie, where I'm like, it's a hot mess, but it's still fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, the only current DCU movies that I've seen are the Wonder Woman ones. I haven't really watched any of the other ones. I'm not a super big fan of DC anyway. That's valid. But if... I were to start watching them. Should I just start with Blue Beetle and move forward and just leave the rest of them behind? Um, I would definitely, I would definitely go back for Shazam. Shazam. The first okay. Shazam movie is one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. That one's really good. Um, Aquaman is good. Mm-hmm. It's probably below Shazam for me, but higher than Wonder mm-hmm. Woman two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, other than that, I would probably just start... I, I guess I still haven't seen Shazam! Fury of the Gods, so mm-hmm. I still need to watch that one, and, but my inclination is watch that one mm-hmm. as well. But it, It's not nearly as good as that first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was everything mm-hmm. I heard. Um, yeah, I think Alicia's right. The um, Those three films, the first Wonder mm-hmm. Woman, the first Aquaman, and the first Shazam are all mm-hmm. like 
pretty good movies, okay. and they all stand on their own. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to know any continuity yeah. or anything with them. It's not like you know. Yeah, any continuity things are explained in verse. Okay. You know, in the Shazam movie, mm-hmm. one of the characters has a batarang, and like he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, like this is from Batman." You know, <laughs> it doesn't ex- yeah. it doesn't expect you to just know that, right? So yeah. okay. But those are actually fun movies. Mm-hmm. I think those three movies work fairly well. I mean, mm-hmm. they ha- they all have their issues, but um, not Wonder of- Woman. Wonder Woman is perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that third act fight is has some problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rant. I will. <laughs> I really like the rest of that film. The rest of that film is like a plus comic book movie, yeah. and then it gets to that final scene and it just falls into that bad trope of all the DC final fights. No, no, we get the fact that I, I, I haven't will... seen any of these movies. <laughs> you haven't even seen Wonder Woman? No. <gasps> okay. I saw the Suicide Squad movies. Oh, I'm sorry. Both of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the back and forth between Idris Elba and John Cena was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, second one, that second one actually has some fun elements in it. Mm-hmm. That first one. The first I, one is, yeah, whatever. The but. first one's a hot mess, mm-hmm. and I love it anyways. <laughs> yeah, I think before that, the last DC movies I would have seen would have been the Christian Bale Batmans. Uh, or technically Joker, I guess. Ugh. <laughs> You're just breaking Alicia's heart. <laughs> Joker doesn't count as a DC movie. I'm not sorry. <laughs> and I, I don't know if they count in DC, but I watched, um, was it Titans? Oh, and yeah. HBO, and HBO. Yeah. It was there. Yeah. Um, and then I watched uh, Doom Patrol, mm-hmm. which I, I like to do Patrol, actually. I I got too angry at Titans. I gave it, <laughs> I gave it my standard, you know, yeah. hour, hour-long shows. I give three episodes. Mm-hmm. I think I ended up watching five episodes because yeah. my dad was wa- watching them uh-huh. still. But it got I, a little better, but not much. Yeah, I just, the way, the way they treat Dick Grayson, I mm-hmm. can't. I, no, that is... Smile and nod, Justin. <laughs> I just love that we're. It was just one question about the Flash movie, and we have. Are we like fifteen minutes into the podcast now, and we have broken Alicia. Like all happiness is gone. We're sending her off into the weekend, a broken woman. It's okay, I can just go home and watch Shazam again, and then I'll be happy. <laughs> She's gonna beat us all up in the parking lot. <laughs> That first Shazam movie is a lot of fun. It's got a very sort of um, like um, that. I feel Goonies vibe to it is yeah. the way I describe it. Like there's like a very kind of fun kid adventure film vibe to that movie. And it's very much. And this is something I appreciated about Blue Beetle too. But even more so with Shazam, there is literally no romance subplot. Mm. It is completely about family love mm-hmm. and found family. You know. Mm-hmm. In the fact that they're all foster kids, mm-hmm. you know, and so especially like, you know, when I got dumped, I was like, I can watch Shazam because there's no romance subplot to make me sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really fun for me because I did my master's at Villanova University out near Philly. And mm-hmm. so like all of the places that they're at since the movie set in Philadelphia, I'm like, mm-hmm. I know that. I remember that. <laughs> I did that. Nice. <laughs> Is that film set in Philadelphia, or is it a fictional DC Well, it's city? fictional DC. Mm. Well, is it actually in Philadelphia? I don't remember now. If the, I think the movie is 
actually infil- yeah because they run up the rocky steps yeah but i i didn't know if they call it like central th- city or some yeah, other i don't think the movie ever, ever says the name of the city okay to traditionally marvel uses real locations dc uses fictional ones right so that's why i was asking because i just didn't remember i mean i've seen that movie but i couldn't tell you but then like they do have a actual location and when they there's a mention of zombrota minnesota which is where the guy who created the character of captain marvel aka shazam (laughs) he's from zombrota minnesota so like they have Billy's dad be from there. Hmm. And, like, that's a real town. So yeah. I don't know if they kind of played fast and loose with that on Shazam. I have to rewatch it. Well, I mean, you know, they're set in real states always. It's right. just the cities that are fictional. So, you know. Right. Gotham this- is in New Jersey. Metropolis is in Illinois. They are not across the river from each other. Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they can see each other. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, Smallville's in Kansas, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Smallville's in Kansas. But see, some of the some of the bat, or Superman adaptations make Smallville like right outside of Metropolis. So. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I at least that I can be a little more sympathetic to because it, you don't want to have to, okay, wow, every time he goes to see Ma and Pa Kent, you have to fly back home whether you fly yourself or fly on a plane but i mean he is superman yeah this is not that inconvenient for him it's not but you would have people questioning and you'd have to explain it at some point i don't know i think they've got to explain the whole glasses thing before they explain like (laughs) it's not just the glasses he slouches his he hunches down more he kind of slouches forward a little to make himself look physically smaller as well can you explain why he'll just like take all of the bullets to the chest, but then duck when they throw the gun at him. (laughs) (laughs) That I can't explain. (laughs) I bet my dad can, but I can't. (laughs) Alicia, could you take your glasses off a second? (laughs) (laughs) But see, here's the thing. You know you're looking for me. Where did Alicia go? (laughs) Who's that strange woman? (laughs) The other thing, too, remember, he also changes his voice between Superman and Clark Kent. That's true. I am an entirely different person. <laughs> Where did Justin go? Oh. <laughs> My object permanent. <laughs> I, I'm also slouching. Also. <laughs> oh, I, just, <laughs> I love the idea that like the kryptonite coming to Earth has like lowered everybody's IQ by 50 points. <laughs> okay, but also that's never what's for- really going on here. <laughs> never forget that Dolly Parton lost a Dolly Parton lookalike contest to a drag queen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And when Christopher Reeve was filming the Superman films, he could go out to eat in co- in costume. He would go out, you know, on their lunch break. Superman costume, he'd get mobbed. Clark Kent costume, nobody recognized him. <laughs> well, I mean, well, uh, I guess you're talking about the sequels. At least the first film, he wasn't a super big star at that time. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Let's move on because <laughs> we could talk about DC stuff. I'll say I could rant about DC all day. This is not the DC cast. We already have the Buffy cast. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, all right. Alicia's drinking right now. We've driven her to drink. So, <laughs> Mario, why don't we start with you? What have you been playing? 
Uh, so really all I played this week was Hades. It was the first time I had ever played it. Uh, it was in a little event that I participated in. And so I, I had owned it already. I had just never played it. Um, and so, yeah, that's really all I've played this week. Um, and it's a lot of fun. I get why people enjoy it so much. I knew I would enjoy it. I just never got around to it until now. What are you enjoying about it? I don't know. I guess, I mean, I think that they're the variety, I mean, which I guess you expect from a roguelike mm-hmm. that, um, there is a feeling where each run feels similar, but different enough where it's worth doing. Oh, I can do another one or oh, I can do another one or just changing out the weapons makes each one feel different or the different boons that you get makes the same weapon feel different in how you go about approaching, um, you know, each run. And so, yeah, I, that would be, I guess, why I've, I've enjoyed it most. I think that there's a good difficulty sort of scaling to it and how you progress through each sort of layer of Hades, I guess. Um, up until that final fight, which is also then very difficult. Um, but yeah, no, so I've, I've definitely had a lot of, a lot of fun with it. Hades yeah. is only on PC, right? No, I think it's on everything. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah I think cool. it's on everything now. I had it on switch and I, I, I guess I just said, I, I had already owned it. I rebought it on PC just cause it was going to be easier to play. Um, but no, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's on everything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. And if you had it on Switch, then it is on everything because yeah. um, that's the sort of game that would have come to other things, as you know, by now at least. Um, yeah, that's a great game. Um, I've played their previous games like uh, Bastion mm-hmm. and stuff, uh, same developer. And um, Hades, to me, is by far their best game they've made so far. Mm-hmm. Like it's the one where everything comes together the best and... Uh, just really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. I know I've I've familiar with you know their other stuff. I'd heard of Bastion. I tried to play Pyre, but it wouldn't work for whatever reason mm. on the old laptop that I had. Um, but I, I feel like Supergiant has done something else that was notable. But Transistor. I, Transistor. Okay. <gasps> Which um, is very much more similar to uh, to Bastion. Okay. Um, yeah, I, then I guess I don't think I've played any of their other stuff before this one. Familiar with it, I probably have some of those games just from different bundles that I've purchased over time. Um, but I, I certainly understand why they're making Hades 2 next. Yeah. Uh, you know, this does definitely seem like the golden child type of thing where it's like this is the one that not necessarily put our name on the map. I think people knew who we were, but this is the one that really solidified our spot and like sort of people are familiar with us as an, as an indie developer now. And so, you know, we can sort of ride this high, but also, you know, hopefully they'll continue to uh, explore different terrain as well. Yeah. I think it's been by far their most mainstream hit, Mm -hmm. right? Like Bastion was one of those little indie hits and I don't think Transistor maybe did as well as Bastion did. And then Pyre was, um, I think a, a sort of polarizing game for a lot of people who liked their two previous games. Um, and then um, obviously like Hades comes along and it becomes the big breakout mm-hmm. hit far bigger than any of those other games. Um, 
but yeah, Hades two is supposed to be out this year. Um, but okay. They announced that it was at the Game Awards last year. This was the end of last year, I think, that it got announced. So yeah, I could see that. But I, I, there hasn't been a lot of talk about it. So I think it's one of those games that might slip into next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I, like I said, I've had a really good time with it. I got my first successful clear and escape last night. So nice. my guess is I'll probably put it down for a little bit. But that's a game that now that I have some experience with it, I imagine we'll just constantly stay downloaded and oh you know i've got 40 minutes do a quick run or something like that run before you know bed or or whatever for for the longest time it was always just like play a few rounds of super auto pets Um, and so (laughs) it's nice to have a some more options as well yeah it's very similar to dead cells in that Mm -hmm. you know i keep dead cells installed and occasionally i'll just boot it up and do a run Mm -hmm. in it and there's is such a well-playing game. Mm-hmm. Hades the same way that it's just fun to go back to. Yeah, Dead Cells is is another one that I you know familiar with and one that I would love to try but haven't gotten around to. I think that one's on Game Pass, though. Maybe maybe not. It, may it be. has been on Game Pass in the past. At, at it the definitely has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So maybe I'll I'll have to look into that one next. And there's a ton of DLC with that game as well. Um. That. I, I think is all worthwhile. It's got mm-hmm. the Castlevania DLC mm-hmm. and all that, but really all the DLC just really makes that game um, much more interesting to me. Uh, cool. So um, that's what you've been playing. Anything else? Not really. Okay. I, I know last week I had said about a uh, sea of stars. I just downloaded that last night once I, I finished. So that'll probably be the next thing that I play. All right, cool. That's one I want to play as well, but I haven't had a chance. Maybe we have a long weekend. Maybe I'll actually yeah. get that in. Uh, Alicia, what have you been playing? Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. <laughs> I'm still working on getting... I don't, I don't know that I'll work to get all of the spirits. I have about 1,000 right now. There's about 1,500 before you start getting into DLC, which... I probably won't bother with Spirit DLC, except for I think there's a Final Fantasy VII pack that I'll probably get at some point. But So I've been doing a lot of the Spirit battles, and I've been doing a lot of the classic mode challenges, which, you know, really you pick a character and, you know, you have six fights and a bonus round where you're just running collecting points and then a final battle. So that's been kind of fun because it's getting me to play characters that, I normally don't like I beat the, I beat it with King K rule this morning. And I was like, I never in a million years would have ever just decided, Hey, I'm going to play as King K rule today. (laughs) Yeah. I I really like that. A lot of fighting games have moved to doing that, giving like very specific challenges, the story mode of mortal Kombat, you know, changes which character you play at Mm -hmm. and like makes you sort of rotate and try all the characters. I I think that's very cool because I think you're absolutely right that a lot of people when they play fighting games and even sort of light fighting games like Super Smash Brothers, like they they get their main and they stick to that and they don't really branch out and try other characters. So yeah, it's really cool. And I'm like, don't get me wrong, I'm still Kirby all the way. And then you know when I do mix it up, when I'm doing things on the spirit board, I'm usually playing as Richter. And then on the new game plus for the story mode, I'm going through that as cloud. 
So, like, I, I still don't foresee mixing it up a ton in, like, the day-to-day, but it's kind of fun doing classic mode and getting the chance to play around with the other characters. And, yeah, like you said, some of the extra challenges, like, you have to... The reason I did King K. Rule this morning was because one of the challenges is, you know, as King K. Rule, get through the bonus game in 45 seconds. I was like, okay, cool. And then, like, this thing is so slow (laughs) how i made it but i did not get hardly any points because i was just going (laughs) yeah um and like i have one of them is because you know if you die you can continue with if you use a classic mode ticket then it doesn't reduce the intensity at all if you pay a hundred gold then it brings the intensity back down for you to keep going and one of the challenges, okay, you know, get past intensity five with Snake without dying at all. And darn if I can't do it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting to, like, the fourth or fifth fighter, and then I get killed, and I'm like, nope. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about this last week. Like, one of the really great things with Super Smash Bros., you know, is you get all the different fighting styles. And, man, I'm not used to fighting with just using weapons all the time. (laughs) I'm very used to Kirby where, okay, jump up high, down B and turn into a block and then you're safe for a minute. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the sort of beauty. I think of a lot of these uh, first person modes in these fighting games these days is really encouraging you to play as different characters and really learn the game, you know, better. Yeah. Um, I am getting a little tired. Of it, because every time you beat classic mode, then you have the end credits has a shooting game where you know shoot all the names, and I'm just getting real sick of that. I wish there was a way I could skip it. <laughs> There's not a speed up. There's not. No, there. Wa- I, that's surprising because there there definitely was for melee on the GameCube, where you could just like you. It still went through, but you fast forwarded. I think and, that may be what I'm thinking of because okay. I thought the same thing. I was like, isn't there, like, you can hold down button and it speeds through it, but I maybe think I'm thinking of melee. And I think that there is for when you beat the story mode, there's a speed through, but not when you're doing classic mode runs. <laughs> oh, okay. Which, yeah, I wish there was a speed through because <laughs> it, you know, it's fun the first time and the second time you're like, oh, okay. And then by the third time you're like, <laughs> there, this, this, there's nothing different about. Yeah. Your character's standing there. They've got the gun. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> but. Okay. Uh, so Super Smash Brothers, anything else? Not really. That I haven't had a ton of time for gaming this week, so that's been kind of the big one. I've been watching um, kind of my comfort run YouTube videos right now are the runaway guys playing Mario Party, so... I'm on Mario Party 8 right now, which just their reactions to motion controls are just so beautiful. (laughs) Proton John just always screaming. (laughs) His motion controls just constantly mess him up. But so that that's been a lot of fun and kind of, you know, Mario Party 8 was the one that I played a lot because we didn't get anything until the Nintendo Wii. So that was the first one that I got to play as a kid. So it's very nostalgic for me, even even with all the rage. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, OJ, what have you been playing? Um, so I haven't had a whole bunch of time this week to play either. Um, I played a little bit of Final Fantasy 16 again. 
um, did some side quests, and then butted heads against the S rank hunt again and lost very badly. So uh, then I was I was just frustrated and stopped. Um, but something I did want to talk about is that this is the first Final Fantasy that has made me sob, like just straight up sob until or since number seven with Aerith's death. Uh, spoiler alert for Final Fantasy VII. But spoiler <laughs> alert for a 25-year, 30-year-old yeah. game. Surprisingly, yeah. there are people who don't know. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'll uh, I'll try and talk about it without spoil. Well, has 16 been out long enough? For I, I think resist spoilers if we can. Okay, so uh, there is a so for non-spoiler. This is known right from the beginning. Uh, there's something called the blight uh, in Final Fantasy 16, and it's like all of the the ether is being pulled out of cer- certain parts of the land, so it's just like desolate. There's no life, um, and there are some people who are living in an area of blight, um, and they're working on trying to get it to give life again, essentially. But like, no plants will grow, no animals can live there. Um, the water is horrible, etc. Um, and then for it, and this is a small side quest too. It's not a main character. It's not a big thing, but it's a small side quest. But there is uh, uh, kind of uh, someone who is doing something to try and resist the blight. Uh, and then they, and this isn't really a spoiler either. They, the character dies, and it's a small side character. But then, because there's different time frames in the game. Um, it, when it goes into the future, you find out that the thing that they were trying to do finally happened, and then everybody is celebrating that person um, and saying, "Oh, they really cared for us. Oh, they really, they really worked hard. Oh, they would be so proud. Oh, they're still watching over us." Um, and it just the, the way that they had it set up just made me cry. And it was like I was feeling fine that day. I was feeling pretty good. <laughs> And, and this small little side quest made me cry. Now, Final Fantasy XIV made me, like, tear up and cry a little bit with the um, uh, Shadowbringers when they had, like, the scene where the sky opened up as dark. It was just amazing, and it was like you could feel the feeling in people. But this, I had to, like, stop playing and just <laughs> just cry for a little bit because it was so sad. And I was like, wow, I like, there's been a lot of main character deaths in Final Fantasy that haven't hit me anywhere near this uh, since seven. So... Uh, kudos to the developers for making me cry with a side quest. <laughs> That's actually really cool. I mean, you know, because yeah. um, I, I, I can't remember the last game that made me mm-hmm. tear up. Yeah. You know, it's happened, yeah. but mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time it happened. And and I think you bring up a good point, which is, I think, a trap that people often fall into in storytelling, which is like, we'll just kill off a main character. Mm-hmm. And that'll be emotional to the audience, but mm-hmm. like if there's not that resonance, like mm-hmm. just killing a main character is just as likely to kind of make you angry, yeah, as yeah. it is mm-hmm. to actually make you sad. Mm-hmm. So there has to be that sort of resonance in mm-hmm. the way that they're telling the story. Yeah, or as in Final Fantasy 15, they killed off a main character, and I felt nothing. And they were right. they were a very main character, and then I'm just like. Eh. Okay. <laughs> so they hopefully learned from that. Yeah. Like, bye-bye. That's how I feel every time yeah. a Yoshi dies. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just about all I've been playing this week. Okay. Um, well, I played two things. One of these I just played the bare minimum of, and that is a game called Wrestle Quest. So I, 
I got a free code for this game, and that's the reason I played it. And <laughs> uh, I was interested because it's a wrestling-focused uh, RPG. So it is a game where you are playing an aspiring professional wrestler, um, but it's all played out as a role-playing game, very sort of 16-bit style role-playing game. Um, but like they did get the license for some professional wrestlers, so like Macho Man Randy Savage and Diamond Dallas Page and a few others are their likeness in a very sort of 16-bit pixel art way uh, are in the game and obviously their names. Um, but you play a character named Randy Santos who wants to be the next Macho Man. Um, and, you know, there's definitely some charm in like, okay, we're going to do something fun and original with like a wrestling game, right? Like everybody's trying to make wrestling games. Most of them are actually pretty terrible, but we're going to try to do something new and different with it and uh, take this RPG route. But the game just plays terribly. So you get into battles, you get into a wrestling match, and you have your wrestling match by, okay, you have some different moves you can do. You can do taunts, you can do simple strikes, and then you can do your gimmicks, which are all your sort of special moves. Um, but you have to, like, do a few strikes first, and then you can do your gimmick. But you might want to throw a taunt in there, but, like, in the time I played it, I never needed to taunt anyone. <laughs> it was completely useless. Mm -hmm. And then after you get their energy down enough, you can pin them. And then that takes you into a mini game with a bar moving back and forth fast. And you have to hit it at the right moment for all three of the three count. Mm -hmm. So three different times you have to do that. And you have to do this every match. Mm -hmm. And you can actually go into the options and turn it off and make it auto pin, so you don't have to play this mini game. And the fact that the developers included that <laughs> tells me that at some point in the development, somebody said, "This is terrible. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. going to want to play this." Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, in the time that I played the game, there was no challenge to it. The story wasn't particularly interesting. Mm -hmm. I had to go. There's a stand-in for the character Sting, um, which if you know the character Sting, early in his career, he was like the surfer dude with bleach blonde hair, and he had like uh, bright neon face paint. And then in the 90s, after the movie The Crow came out, he became the Crow Sting. <laughs> um, so this is not the guitarist of the police that we're talking about. <laughs> Yes, it is. Same guy. <laughs> Same guy. You didn't know that Sting like would sing Fields of Gold and then go suplex somebody? Uh, no. Those are two different Stings. Um, so you had me for a second there when you were saying, yes, it is. And I was like, oh, I, I was like, know that. Well, it's like, it's like you said Macho Man earlier. And I'm like, okay, so d please, I know nothing about wrestling. Please tell me every time that this dude walks out on stage, his entrance theme is Macho, Macho Man. No, <laughs> it actually wasn't. Mm -hmm. But Macho Man is from Carbondale. Really? Mm -hmm. From he, this. I, I missed think, an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like you know, we have a legend from this area. Um, so, anyways, um, and then he he transformed into um, to the crow sting, and he had long black hair, and he had black and white face paint, and uh, a 
black leather jacket that he wore all the time, like a duster. He would just chill up in the rafters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he literally did. He would just hang out in the rafters. There was like a long time in WCW wrestling where he just sat in the rafters and did nothing. <laughs> and like what each is week. wrestling? <laughs> Wrestling so is amazing. That's <laughs> why <laughs> I'm like, I'm hearing you talk about this game, and I'm just like so disappointed. I saw somebody stream it, but I didn't really watch. And it's like, oh, that's really unfortunate that it, it's you can't say more positive things about it. Well, I mean, and here's the thing. Like, wrestling is so story-based, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I mean, that's part of the problem is when they make wrestling games, they often just treat it as a sports game. But wrestling is not a sport. It's sports mm-hmm. entertainment. Um, <laughs> it is, you know, it is much more theater in, than it is sport, really. Um, I mean, not to say it's not athletic. It's Those guys are definitely athletes. But Yeah, one of the, the best descriptions I've ever heard, and I think it's where people get hung up on the whole notion of it being fake, and it's just like, WWE is closer to Game of Thrones than it is the UFC in terms of like <laughs> how you would compare what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, and I always tell people it's uh, choreographed. It's not faked. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would do the, say the same. Yeah, I mean, like ballerinas are actually out there doing the dance, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's been pre-choreographed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they have to be like perfect physical specimens to do it, right? And same thing with wrestlers. But yeah, this is just a a hugely disappointing. I'm trying not to go off on a rant on wrestling because I could talk about it for the next hour. Um, but yeah, this ends up just being a hugely disappointing game. Um, and I, there may be somebody that connects with this game, what I played of it. And as a, you know, as a big wrestling fan, this game should connect with me. And I just came away from it going, I just, I don't want to play any more of this game. Um, you know, it's not even one of those, oh, when I have time, I'll go back to it. I, I just can't imagine myself going back to it. So that was the big disappointment of the week. The thing that uh, has been a huge um, point of happiness uh, for this week is the making of Karataka. So uh, I have been very excited since this got announced. <laughs> um I loved uh, their last game, which was Atari 50 that came out last year. That was on my top 10 games of the year. When they announced this, it seemed like, oh, well, this is, well, I will say, when they released Atari 50 last year, the obvious answer seemed to be, well, they're going to do this with another company. They're going to do Commodore 50 or, you know, some other publisher. And, um Instead, what they decided to do is instead of going broad again like they did with Atari 50, let's go super narrow. And so they have taken the game Karotica, which came out in 1984. Um, it was originally on Apple II, but it got ported to just about every system that was out at the time. And they have taken the same sort of uh, engine and format and design and layout and everything that they did for Atari 50 but just focused on this one game. So it starts off like the first thing that you encounter is a little documentary and it's got all these uh, famous game developers and everything talking about what this game meant to them. So they have like John Tobias who uh, created, you know, helped create Mortal Kombat, co-created, I guess I should say, uh, Mortal Kombat and all these other game developers like, oh, I remember playing this and like what inspiration this game was at the time. And then it starts giving you 
much like Atari 50, this timeline view where it goes through the history, but it starts with uh, Jordan Mechner, who uh, created this game on his own, you know, like here's Jordan Mechner at 16 and here's what he was doing at 16. And here's when he went to Yale university and he's working on his first game and he sells his first game and it's an asteroids clone and you can play it. But like, here's also the story of why it never got released. And here's the letters that he exchanged with um, the company that was supposed to publish this asteroids clone. And here's an interview with somebody who worked at the company about like why they didn't release it. And, um, then it gets into, he start writing a diary, which he has turned into a graphic novel now. Uh, but they take little excerpts of that diary and include them in there. So you have him talking about while he's at Yale university, um, Oh, I'm, I'm failing my political science class because I just have no interest in it. So I'm going to have to stop developing this game until the weekend so I can focus on political science (laughs) or I'm going to fell out and I don't know what's wrong with me. And like, there's all this like great insight. And then, you know, here's his asteroids game, but then here's an early prototype. And then after the company asked him to make some changes, here's the next prototype and you can play these prototypes. It's not just videos. Oh, wow. You can play them. And then, okay, well, he abandoned this. And then he started working on these three other games. And he would draw them out on graph paper. And so we have that graph paper. Mm-hmm. And that is can, so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can look at all of this and, like, kind of see. And then we're going to include his diary in there as well. So you mm-hmm. can see kind of his thought process about why he chose to develop this of the three games he was currently developing. Um, and then now you can play a demo of the game that eventually came out of this, but never actually got released. And so it is, you know, it's the story of this person who goes on and creates Karataka and more famously, Jordan Magner goes on and creates Prince of Persia. And that's the mm-hmm. game that he's most famous for mm-hmm. the original Prince of Persia. Um, but you know, it's doing all this and then also explain like why this game deserves this sort of deluxe treatment, mm-hmm. right? Like why focus on this one game? Why, what is the context about where this game belongs in the history of video games and how it influenced our developers and how it influenced Mechner going forward and developing additional games. But we're also going to show you how he got there, mm-hmm. right? how he got to the point where he makes this game that's considered an all-time classic today. And it's just so unlike what anybody has ever done for a game. And I've read several different people try to sort of explain, like, how would you explain this to somebody? Um, You know, is it the Criterion Collection of Games? Some people have explained it as a coffee table book in digital format. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really... I think goes beyond all that because it's doing what games uniquely do, right? It's taking elements of a documentary, elements of a coffee table book. It's taking these video games, these different demos uh, and different versions during his development and putting them all into one package that makes this a unique experience that other media can't give you, right? Um, And I think that's what really makes this an amazing package. It's $20.00. I think it's completely worth $20. Um, you know, I, I could see somebody coming to this who 
just has never played old games, if you've never played a game from the mid-'80s, a computer game, maybe this would be disappointing because you would get to it and go, well, you know, I this is not the type of game I'm used to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing I think you wouldn't come away with it saying is I don't understand why people care about this game. Mm-hmm. I think they, they do such a good job of putting that into context and making you understand that. I'm not through it by any stretch, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I, I think that it's just an amazing package. This is They're labeling this as the first game in their Gold Master series, mm-hmm. with the implication being they're going to do this with other games. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I'll say about that is I think they can make amazing packages for other games, but I don't know if they'll have all the documentation. Mm-hmm. Like the really cool thing is that Magner kept everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, he has copies of like, here's the letter I wrote to Broderbund software asking them, would they be interested in publishing my game? Mm-hmm. And then here's the letter I sent when I actually sent them a copy of the game. Mm-hmm. And here's me explaining all this. And it, the, as far as I can tell, it's the original letters. Like, he mm-hmm. kept copies of them and wow. has kept this all archived. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I can't imagine most games have that. Mm. That's uh, really cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, this one's amazing, and I would highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in game history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that may be a small area, but, like, this is them sort of outdoing themselves uh, again. So... Amazing. Protect Digital Eclipse with your life. Mm-hmm. Like, we need that game studio, that developer who's making all these. We need them to survive. Mm-hmm. Where did you get this? Is this on Steam or a different? It is on Steam. I'm not sure if it's available on consoles yet. I okay. think it is going to be available on at least, like, PlayStation and Xbox. Uh, but it is available on Steam. Okay, cool. Right now. Um. All right, that does it for what we've been playing. So let's move on to the news. Um, PlayStation Plus is raising prices. So these are for their annual prices. They're not raising the monthly price yet, but the monthly price was already more expensive. You were getting a discount by buying it at uh, the yearly price. So uh, PlayStation Plus Essential is going from $60 to $80 a year. Extra is going from $100 to $135 a year. Premium is going from $120 to $160. Um, I don't know how you all feel about this, but somebody who subscribes to PlayStation Essential and has since the PlayStation 3 days, this may make me quit. (laughs) This may be it. They may have pushed me too far with this. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. The it's one of those things where I feel almost compelled to, to keep it at this point just because mm-hmm. I have this whole collection of games <laughs> sure. that just disappears. That's and, what they're counting you on. Know, and, uh, but, yeah, it's just like, I mean, I don't know how, how you feel or other people feel. Every month I feel like I'm a little disappointed <laughs> with, like, oh, those are the games? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. cool. You um, have the essential tier. I do. I have tier. the essential as well. Same. Yeah. Um, and so uh, – yeah, no, I'm 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 there with you. It's also like a really big price jump. I feel like, mm-hmm. like yeah, maybe maybe it's just me, but mm-hmm. I feel like even when you see like you know, okay, Netflix raised their price. It's like five dollars a month mm-hmm. that they raise. This is right twenty bucks for the essential, thirty five for the extra, forty for the premium. Like that's a mm-hmm. huge price jump. Yeah. Well, th- this is for a year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but still, it's like mm-hmm. that. That seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, it is. I mean, just percentage-wise, let's say 33% price increase on yeah. the essential, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's a significant price jump. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think just psychologically, right? Mm-hmm. If they raised it $5 this year and next year raised it another $5, mm-hmm. would I, would they keep me in it? Would I be the bullying frog, mm-hmm. right, <laughs> and unaware how much it was being raised on me? Yeah. But when you do it all at once, it does make me question yeah mm-hmm. yeah so uh we have premium but we have like three of us in the household are on it uh so we'll probably keep it but mostly what we use it for is we're streaming um different media apps on on it but mostly um i i haven't played a game on ps plus in months if not a year um it's been a long time now there is something i'm going to start playing this weekend that is on it, uh, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so we're going to keep paying it, especially because we don't have an Xbox for the the Game Pass one. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, if if they do another jump like this anytime soon, then I think I would I would consider switching to Xbox for doing everything. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem too is that everyone has a, a subscription cost mm-hmm. now, right? Like yeah. mm-hmm. you have it with the Switch, with Nintendo Online, you have mm-hmm. it with Xbox Game Pass, you have it with PlayStation Plus, mm-hmm. and I think it is getting to that point with them raising prices where you have to start thinking, okay, I can have one of these, yeah, but I can't have all three. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a new yeah. game system I'm buying per year, mm-hmm. just paying for these three subscriptions. Yeah. Um, whereas on PC, I'm not getting charged anything mm-hmm. to play yeah. games online. And mm-hmm. I get plenty of free games mm-hmm. regularly on PC just because it's PC. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think if you had uh, Xbox um, Game Pass Ultimate and then you had Premium on top of that and you had uh, Nintendo online, online with the bonus. expansion pass. Yeah. yeah. Right, like that's several hundred dollars. Yeah, that's I, I don't know how much that adds up. Over three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. I know per year that you're paying, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, so I, I don't know that I'll cancel this, but it is certainly making me second guess it. Um, OJ, mm-hmm. are y'all all on the same console? Yeah. Okay. Do you I because I know at least uh, the Switch has like a family plan, and mm-hmm. so. Me and a bunch of friends split that. Mm-hmm. So, like, that yeah. feels reasonable, but mm-hmm. I don't know if PlayStation or Xbox have a, like, multi-system mm-hmm. family plan type of thing or if it all has to be on the same I one. believe you have to be on the same okay. console. But if you're all on the same console, you can sign in on a different device and still have it. Say that you one more time. Sign okay. it on a different so, account, you mean? Yeah, so the, the three of us on, on the PS5 can use it. Mm-hmm. If I went to someone else's house with their PS5 and signed in, I could still use the things. Gotcha. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Um, but I don't know how they track it to see it. Like, I don't know if you could log in on my PS5 mm-hmm. and then have access mm-hmm. to it. It's um, not like Nintendo that locks you to <clears throat> your main console. Right, right. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, uh, let's see. Vice President of Writing Michael Unsworth has left Rockstar Games after 16 years, according to his LinkedIn page. Um, 
this is sort of notable just because there's been sort of an exodus of Rockstar over the past couple of years. Um, it seems like a lot of people are getting out of Rockstar, which is never a particularly good sign. <laughs> um, and, you know, I've read some speculation that this has to do with a lot of these people who are responsible for Grand Theft Auto 3 and 4 and 5 are at a point where they're looking ahead going, I don't know what to do anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what to do with this franchise. And, you know, I, I feel like we've probably talked about it on this podcast before that the Grand Theft Auto games were always this satire of real life. Mm -hmm. How do you satirize the United States in 2023? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I laugh because I'm sad. <laughs> you can laugh or you can cry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, so um, a professor today sent me a, a video of, um, of the Moms for Liberty Mm -hmm. um, where they were uh, talking about the next thing they want to go after is teaching um, teaching like a emotional connection in mm -hmm. schools. What? And they were like, one of the mothers was complaining because the word of the week for her daughter in class was empathy. And she's like, we just do not feel like this needs to be taught in schools. This is inappropriate. And I was like, em oh, empathy? And, you know, of course, she had a connection back to, like, the big problem was that um, the teacher used an example of Sally has two moms, and how would you connect with her? Mm. And, but, like, you know, like, how do you satirize that? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you, that's crazier than I can I, imagine. I feel like the only person who could successfully satirize that is Mel Brooks. <laughs> 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 like... Uh. Spaceballs three. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I so they would have to have like a Trumpian president, but have them be like the most reasonable person ever, and everyone reacted to them as if they were Trump. And I think that would be the only way you could really satirize it, something like that. But then I think that's too much for a GTA game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then you worry like if they do something like that, which I think mm. is interesting. Do they also have a backlash from people saying, well, they're trying to make Trump seem reasonable? And mm -hmm. Yes, you yeah. would get that backlash because people are stupid. Yeah, but I mean, people, <laughs> there's been a lot of backlash for all of them, too. So. Sure, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think, you're, I think you're right. I think you would. Um, but it would have to go way far down, like being reasonable. Like, um, hello, yes, I would like to um, feed the homeless and people just go <laughs> just go wild. off. Feed yeah. them to what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I don't know. That, that mm -hmm. seems like such a weird, um, such a weird situation. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, they are working on Grand Theft Auto 6. There was that leak of it um, mm -hmm. last year. Uh, maybe that was earlier this year, I guess. Um, I think that was earlier this year. Seems so long ago. No. <laughs> Time doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but but anyway, so just some news about what's going on there. Uh, moving along, there's a new wrestling game. Um, not Wrestle better than WrestleQuest. <laughs> oh, one hopes. 
Uh, Ultra Pro Wrestling is trying to be a spiritual successor to WWF No Mercy because they all are. <laughs> Every one of them says we're going to do mm-hmm. this. Um, I think maybe they'd be better off just re-releasing WWF No Mercy. Um, the thing that's particularly interesting about this and the reason I include it in the rundown is that the DLC is going to be real wrestlers. So not real wrestlers in the game, but the DLC will be real wrestlers with the money going directly to the wrestlers, quote unquote, from the developers, every penny. Um, so they showcase some of the ones that they already have in the pipeline, Jake the Snake, Roberts, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, those have been confirmed, and they put out an open invitation for any other wrestlers who wanted to be included in this. They would include them, and then the money would go, again, every penny, according to them, would go to the wrestlers. So when you mm-hmm. buy their character for you know whatever it is, $5, however much they're going to charge, all of that would go directly to the wrestler. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be taking a cut of that. Um which sounds like a really cool thing. And, you know, particularly some of these older wrestlers need the money. Mm-hmm. And so something like that would be really cool. And um, seems like it might get them better paid than some past mm-hmm. deals with wrestling games. Mm-hmm. I really wish they would do this for, for other athletes too. Cause like it's NCAA, the college athletes and stuff yeah. where they're getting nothing like have DLC where you have actual teams that you can buy. And then each of the athletes that are in it, get a, a cut of it. Yeah, well, I, well and that might be changing now that, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, NCAA has, was it the NIL, where yeah. name, image, likeness, it, they, that athletes can make money off of their mm-hmm. likeness. I know that was a big mm-hmm. conversation with the new NCAA football game uh-huh. that's okay. coming out. So that that's definitely been in conversation mm-hmm. for a while, and that's why they stopped making it for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I've had multiple student speeches about it, and that's really where it came to my my attention. Um, but I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I, I wonder how it would work though. Like, okay, say you do one for the, t- for the Minnesota Gophers basketball team of 2023 or 2024. Well, now we fast forward, it's 2030 and all those kids have graduated, but we haven't made a new game. And so are, mm-hmm. how are you still getting the money to those kids mm-hmm. versus? Uh, well, listen, to you, Alicia, listen to how old you sound calling college student undergrads kids. I've been calling undergrads kids since I was an undergrad. <laughs> <laughs> You're falling into the trap all of us do. <laughs> quickly get to the minute I was in my second year of undergrad, I was like, y'all are kids. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, and I think this is maybe where the DLC becomes mm-hmm. maybe the better way to manage a lot of this right because you buy the main game the main game doesn't have actual names or likenesses in it and then you can pay and that would be paid out directly to this person right so maybe that's a better solution maybe that's a better solution for the new ncaa football Mm -hmm. game i know that they have said that that's part of the reason they're bringing this back and they want to be able to put real players in it Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work out, and we haven't really heard a lot about that game since it got announced, so yeah. uh, maybe that's part of the issue. They're still trying to figure that out. But, yeah, DLC for that seems like a really good way. If, mm-hmm. like, you know, if I'm playing basketball and I want to sell my image into the new mm-hmm. NCAA basketball game, that I could just say, yeah, like, you know, I could check a box or something mm-hmm. and say, yeah, yeah. put me in this. 
Well, and uh, I, I mean, this, this is going back years now, but it was, and you might, you might know this, Justin, um, one of the old major league baseball games, um, you know, typically I imagine at the pro level, there's something with like the players unions that makes mm-hmm. that likeness mm-hmm. fairly easy to work, work around. But it was, but Barry Bonds like refused to be in the game or for them to use mm-hmm. his likeness. And so when the Giants showed up on in the game, there was basically a player who was Barry Bonds, but didn't, <laughs> was not Barry Bonds. Larry Lons. Larry Gons. Yeah, you used to run into that quite a bit with uh, sports games. So what it was is that usually you have the Players Association and they do um, – my understanding is they do these deals like say with baseball card companies. Right. And so they go out and sign this deal and that's for all the players in the players association. Um, and, but you had some players who decided, well, I'm not going to be part of the players association because I'm big enough. I think I can negotiate, um, excuse me, I can negotiate my own deals. So probably the most famous was, uh, you saw that a lot in the NBA. Michael Jordan mm. was the first person I can remember doing that. Um, and so Michael Jordan, in the same way, you would play a lot of basketball games and there would just be guard mm. playing. Jordan on. Michaels. <laughs> well, sometimes they would get clever. Not that obvious. But <laughs> sometimes they would get clever with the names and everything. Um, and then part of the issue also was that a lot of times that – a player would go and sign a deal for a particular game. And so that company was buying the likeness of that player and they would only appear in their game. So you had like King Griffey Jr. Yeah, baseball sure. and uh, Roger Clemens baseball. And, you know, so in a lot of those cases, my understanding is those players, at least that year that game came out, would appear in that game, but not in competitors' mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that all kind of went away um, when you start having like one sports game for each league, mm-hmm. right? Now that you have Madden, I don't think any NFL players are holding out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you have one NBA game that mm-hmm. comes out each year, NBA 2K. Um, so I haven't seen that happen as much. Um, but you do still see that sometimes in the NBA when they have like classic teams Mm. And they'll go back and get the big players. So they'll go back and get Jordan and Pippen, but some of the other Bulls may just be generic <laughs> yeah. Yeah. names and stuff on there. I So uh, Black Mirror has me thinking about what's what's going to happen in the future with these likenesses. Because, like, uh, if any of you have seen Black Mirror, there's, uh, what is it, Ugly Jane, Everyone Hates Jane. I can't remember exactly what it's called. But so uh, someone signs away their likeness and then they have AI doing a bunch of stuff in their likeness. And, and it includes, and spoiler for the newest season of Black Mirror, somebody is defecating in a church. Um, and it's uh, AI using their likeness. So like... As an AI would. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so like, I would have, I would, I would be so weird right now selling my likeness because of things like that. I feel like y'all talked about this, something say, similar in an episode where it was like Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Um, what was it signed as likeness for games or films in the future? Mm-hmm. And That turned out not to be true, oh, okay. but uh-huh. that was the story that came out. Okay. That got published yeah. everywhere at the time that he had sewed mm-hmm. his likeness off forever mm-hmm. so that people could use him in movies mm-hmm. and games and everything. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah. did talk about that at the mm-hmm. time. But, yeah, I, I mean, along the same vein, yeah, definitely... Mm-hmm. 
with there being so much unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking that too, like with the with the college athletes, especially like, uh-huh. man, college students, I, I, college students can do some stupid things and mess up their own lives, right? <laughs> and not that grown adults can't, but right. <laughs> college uh-huh. college students, and then you get yeah. okay, I'm on this team when I'm 18, and I signed my likeness that way I could buy groceries during yeah. the school year, but now someone's gonna go out and do do something with that likeness mm-hmm. where like, Oh, you're at a party drinking when you're mm-hmm. 18. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think usually when they sign these deals, it's for a very limited time, right? Mm-hmm. It's for use in this particular game and mm-hmm. nothing else, but the issues, mm-hmm. well, that's the issue, right? On PC it's very easy to extract these models. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's actually been my understanding. The issue with, um, with using some like uh, Korean pop stars yeah. in games mm-hmm. that they have wanted them to appear in games and their management's like, well, no, because modders could take this image yeah. and put them into all sorts of other games and like mm-hmm. ruin their public image and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that was a huge thing. Make shit, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it's part of the, the actors and writers strike too. Yeah. Um, is the, the idea of signing off your likeness and that's all you need for, like, uh, what is it, extras. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there was that whole thing. They were going to pay an extra $10 to be on a movie <laughs> set for a day, but then they would own their likeness yeah. forever mm-hmm. and could just pop them into any movie. Which mm-hmm. That's a big yikes. Yeah. You know, you do that for a Marvel film, and you're like, hey, this is cool. Like, yeah, you can use me as a background mm-hmm. actor in any Marvel film. And then, mm-hmm. you know... And then Disney that, goes out of business in 10 years and you're being <laughs> sewed off into background actor in porn. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's scary stuff. So um, something good as far as <laughs> ultra pro wrestling, it sounds like they're trying to do something positive here, but mm-hmm. obviously there's some bad things <laughs> potentially to come out of this as well. Um, let's see. Sea of Stars. Uh, speaking of which, that Mario, you were talking about wanting to play. I also really want to play that game. It sold a hundred thousand copies on its day of release. This is a a little indie game, right? So this is huge to sell a hundred thousand copies. Plus, as you noted, this is on Xbox Game Pass and PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. So if you have either of those, you can play this for free. So a hundred thousand people, in addition, mm-hmm. bought this game. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is what I was talking about when I said I was going to be playing a game this weekend, hopefully, on the, the past. Is I didn't realize this. it was on uh, PS Plus. That's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be a lot of people playing that game. So, mm-hmm. you know, good. And I hope that game is as worthwhile as it seems. Mm-hmm. Seems like a seems cool from what I've seen. Uh, the Switch has passed the Wii in lifetime U.S. sales. So the Switch is now a bigger seller than the Wii. That's a pretty substantial yeah. thing to pass the Wii because you all remember what a cultural phenomenon the Wii was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Your grandmother was buying a Wii. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it now trails the Xbox 360 by less than 1 million units and the PlayStation 2 by fewer than 5 million. Um, you know, we've got at least another year. Out of the switch. I'll say it feels like with these kind of numbers, they'd be silly to do a switch too, because then, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, obviously that's not the only factor in why they're doing it. But mm-hmm. when you just look at these numbers, it's like, man, still, still going strong. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, and we'll actually get to how they plan to sell some more of those switches <laughs> <laughs> here in a minute. Uh, let's see. Cyberpunk, tw- Cyberpunk 2077 is only getting the one expansion uh, because its old tech is being retired. <laughs> <laughs> This game has just been a dumpster fire. <laughs> like, like this. So this game m- makes a dumpster fire look like a campfire. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, they promised so much stuff, and then it was just completely broken on release. And now they're like, oh, only one expansion because our tech is being retired for Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> like, like, but this actually makes me think a lot of Final Fantasy 15 because they mm-hmm. did the exact same thing. Of mm-hmm. wasn't it originally like three DLC packs, and yeah, they, they only got to one or two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I think this just happens. They spent so much time on this game fixing it mm-hmm. that I think the <laughs> desire for DLC <laughs> kind of <laughs> died, mm-hmm. right? Their, yeah. their main team was focused on fixing the game instead of making new DLC. Mm-hmm. And so now they're at a point where they're like, well, we've got to move on to our next game. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be, that DLC is like coming up soon, isn't it? Yeah. Within mm-hmm. the next month or so. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Think. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to be a, a sort of total overhaul of the entire game <laughs> as part of that. So the actual release. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people who have played that early have said, this is the game that should have been released originally. Mm-hmm. So, um, you are not wrong. Cyberpunk, <laughs> the ultimate dumpster fire of a game. Yeah. But, like, we might finally get the original vision. That would be mm-hmm. cool, right? Like, yeah. eventually, a good game is sometimes nice. <laughs> as long as you're not buying it at release. <laughs> um. Enforce uh, Embracer is shutting down Volition. Uh, Volition is a 30-year-old studio responsible for Saints Row, Free Space 2, Red Faction, Descent, etc. Um, the entire, you know, we should note the entire Saints Row franchise and everything, multiple of the Red Faction games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Embracer bought them and now is closing them. Mm. Um, and this is... A sad story. People mm-hmm. losing their jobs, but also just, you know. Losing jobs and losing history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the history, I think, is what maybe people are overlooking here. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're talking about Karotica and, like, the history in the game industry. And here's this studio that's been around for 30 years, um, which is makes it older than you, Alicia, I think. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, like, have it disappear. You know, it just won't exist anymore. You know, you think about this in terms of a Konami or a Capcom or, you know, it's certainly not as big as those, but it would be a pretty big loss in the same way. Well, and, you know, have I ever played any of these games? No. Does that, do do I still know Saints Row and Mm -hmm. Red Faction all that? Yeah, like, this is... I'm, I'm looking at this, I'm going, okay, so we had Atari 50, we had cr- Making of Karateka, got got to zip in there fast and do mm-hmm. <laughs> Volition 50, I guess. Mm-hmm. Volition 30. Volition yeah. 30, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sad to see. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of weird things back from the dead, Beyond Good and Evil 20th Anniversary Edition has leaked from the ESRB. Mm-hmm. Um this, nobody knows exactly what this is yet. Um, just the name leaked out. Mm-hmm. They have 
port it beyond good and evil to more modern systems. They did a re-release of that game, uh, a game that originally came out on the 360 generation and everything. So you can go out and play that game right now. Uh, my understanding is on modern consoles. I think mm-hmm. it's even on Switch. So this seems like it's going to be a something more significant than just a simple remaster, right? Like this seems like it's got to be a more substantial attempt at, if not a complete remake, then you know, that sort of in between sort of what we got of Metroid prime where they went back and fixed some things and really touched up the graphics considerably. The only reason I might not necessarily believe that is because they announced beyond good and evil Two a few years ago at this point. And so to think that they would have put, you know, resources or time or energy into doing a remaster. I, I feel like assuming beyond good and evil two is still going to come out at some point that maybe this is to build some hype or excitement or people like, Hey, remember, remember <laughs> people liked this game when it came out and it's good. Um, and we do still have a plan for a sequel here in the hopefully near future. Yeah. I just don't know what you put out. Like, yeah. You know, no, I, are I, you just essentially putting out what you already have out there and just rebranding it? Yeah. I mean, I, I do agree beyond good and evil is basically on everything. At, at this point, as far as I know. So, but that's, that would be my reason for not understanding or potentially people being like annoyed. If like you put all this time and resource into a remaster, when you told us about beyond good and evil two, probably what? Five, five yeah. years ago at this point. Yeah. It's if, been a while. Yeah. But that's really Joseph and Gordon Levitt's fault that that game has not <laughs> come out yet. He was supposed to like, make us all his personal slave labor and we were going to make the game for them. I don't know if you remember this, but his like company hit record where you were like supposed to go on their website and like upload textures and music and everything. And they were going to pick some of it and put it in the game, but there was no talk of compensation. (laughs) I do. I do remember hit record. I did not realize that, uh, um, this, that, that was part of it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, that I, at this point, that game that we were shown of Beyond Good and Evil Two, I don't think ever comes out. Mm-hmm. A game called Beyond Good and Evil Two <laughs> may come out at some point, but I think it'll be an entirely new game that they've mm-hmm. built from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So in that way, this could be, hey, let's redo this original and build hype that way, and then we're going to make a more direct sequel because that's what people really want, and they don't mm-hmm. want the like crazy thing that we pitched at one point to the public. Because um, that original pitch was just an insane thing that they were talking about. Like It was, just, it was basically um, No Man's Sky, mm. you know, is what they were originally pitching with Beyond Good and Evil 2. Um, you were supposed to be able to like fly to any planet and land and explore, and there was going to be all this stuff to do, and... That game, that was such a far cry from the original Beyond Good and Evil, which is a Zelda clone, basically. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what this is, because depending on what this is, may tell us something. I think you're right about whether 2 is coming or not. Yeah, I I will say I did not realize that that's what that original pitch was. I remember seeing a cinematic, but um, I didn't realize that it was connected to hit record at all. Interesting. 
Yeah, that there was quite a backlash about that <laughs> when people figured out not only were they using that, but there was no talk of compensation. Mm. So they were asking people, they were like, hey, we want we want you know musicians to like make music and we might use it in the game. And people were like, okay, so what are you going to pay me? And they're like, don't worry about it, man. <laughs> You'll get paid an exposure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which, you know, like there is a, it's weird because there is a, I think a, a way to that, right. Of not paying people an exposure, but of, Hey, let's have people contribute to making a game and we're going to like pay you if your contributions get used yeah. in the game, right? Um, there's something to that that I think somebody could do something interesting with, but you know, it, it's when you are Ubisoft, you are a giant international corporation and you're asking people to on spec develop things for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And they may not get any compensation, but even if they get chosen, we're still not telling you we're going to compensate mm-hmm. you. There's something kind of ugly about that. It's very ugly. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's one thing, like you said, to do like a contest of some kind and be like, okay, compete for, you know, this specific thing. Like your song will be a character theme mm-hmm. or like, you know, I think of undertale. One of the Kickstarter tiers was, you know, get your character in the game. Mm-hmm. And like doing something like that, but to just straight up be like, oh yeah, put your stuff up for us to use and maybe like vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and then, and then it comes down to, do they just like own that forever? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. can they just use it for something else that they, they do, you know, somewhere down the line? Or is it like, if you submit to this, you're only submitting to this. And you know, if we don't use it, then you can be sure. Or is it like, no, this is ours now. Yeah. Right. Is it a licensing or ownership deal? In that situation. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, there were indie bands who were getting their music into rock band. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they were getting paid to have their music in rock band. So, um, let's see. A a few new game announcements here. Uh, We have Rugrats Adventures in Gameland, which is a NES game. But you can switch it over to a modern HD version. So, if you look up the screenshots of this, it looks like an NES game. It mm-hmm. looks like they're going back and making a game. You know, what it made me think of were the Capcom Disney games. So mm-hmm. like Rescue Rangers and mm-hmm. DuckTales, kind of that oh, I style. Love Rescue Rangers. Um, yeah, it's a great game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at, apparently at any point you can like hit a button and it'll switch over and it'll do an HD version, which looks like a very modern, much more like true to the cartoon mm-hmm. itself, you mm-hmm. know looking like the characters and everything. So kind of a cool new thing, mm. you know, uh, there's a novelty to that and everything. Mm. Uh, they also announced a GI Joe wrath of Cobra side scroller beat em up. That could be fun. Mm. It could be, but is beat em up. The first thing you think of with GI Joe, I mean, no, but <laughs> <laughs> so the trailer for this game has d- like, Joes and Cobras, like, one-on-one fighting with each other. And so it has, like, uh, Gung-Ho fighting Dr. Mindbender and, like, you know, Duke versus um, Serpentor or something. And watching that, I was like, oh, well, this should just be a straight-up fighting game. That actually makes the most (laughs) sense. (laughs) I mean, 
Beat 'em up doesn't really work for Saint Seiya either, but it's the best mm-hmm. adaptation of the manga we've ever gotten. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, yeah, there aren't a ton of great GI Joe games. That uh, Commodore 64 one's pretty great, but outside of that, there aren't a ton of great GI Joe games. So, I guess we'll take anything. Mm-hmm. And we did get a great Turtles game. You know, Shredder's Revenge is a, a pretty great. Mm-hmm return to form for that series. So maybe it'll be sort of like that. Yeah. I don't have high hopes, but I hope it could be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Borderlands Collection Pandora's Box is coming to everything except the Switch. So Xbox One, Xbox S and X, PlayStation 4 and 5, and PC today, September 1st. It will contain Borderlands 1, 2, 3, the pre-sequel, Tales from the Borderlands, and new Tales from the Borderlands, and is going to sell for $60 for a limited time, and then it's going to go up to 150 <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, more than double. Yeah. Okay. Also, uh, why is one of the... I, I've not been familiar. I'm not mm-hmm. familiar with Borderlands at all. Why is one of them called the pre-sequel? It's like... I don't know. That just feels like Borderlands aesthetic. Or <laughs> goofy and okay. weird. Okay, yeah. I can accept that. I I might pick this up while at sixty dollars because I I've never played any of them, but I've always wanted to. So yeah. I played a little bit of one and two. I think mm-hmm. um, sixty dollars doesn't doesn't seem bad. I mean, that's basically yeah. ten dollars a game. Mm-hmm. No, one hundred and fifty. I feel like you could just buy all six of these games separately <laughs> yeah. for less than one hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the these feel like they're the that kind of game that's just like always on sale mm-hmm. or like yeah. at some yeah. point will be on sale for like eighty percent off. Mm-hmm. Those first two and the pre sequel especially mm-hmm. Borderlands Three mm-hmm. might still be selling it near full price. That mm-hmm. one is yeah fairly newish still, but I know mm-hmm. I, I you know I've seen it on sale for sure. Um, 30 bucks. Exactly. And so, uh, yeah, I think for 60 bucks, mm-hmm. sure, if you're a fan of Borderlands or just wanted to check it out, but 150 seems like a big ask. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of content for 60 bucks. Yeah. I mean, those are big games. Um, the um, the Tells from the Borderlands, those are more sort of, um, you know, th- those are more in the tune of the, the Walking Dead sort of, gra- mm-hmm. you know, adventure games. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's some diversity in the type of games that you're getting mm-hmm. out of it as well. I played the original Borderlands, uh, a fair amount of it, and mm-hmm. it's a, it's a good game, mm-hmm. you know, at the time at least. Um, and so, yeah, I, I could see the value in going back and playing these. Yeah. And I think I want to say whichever one we played, I think it was two. I did some co-op with my cousin's husband and, mm-hmm. uh, so like they've got good co-op content as, as well. And so if you you know, have people to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that certainly. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, we got a new Nintendo Direct dedicated solely to Super Mario Brothers Wonder. This was 15 minutes focused on it. There's uh, some new tidbits and information that come out of this. Uh, we already knew you could have four players playing at once, so Mario, Luigi, Peach, Daisy. There are two different Toads. Uh, two different colors of toad. I, I don't know why that makes toad different. That just seems like <laughs> it seems like you should just be able to choose the color. Mm-hmm. There should be like a little slider <laughs> to color toad different, but whatever. Uh, Toadette, 
three different colors of Yoshi's and Nabbit. The one thing that was kind of interesting about this is they said that the uh, Nabbit and Yoshi characters would be, are like designed to be played uh, by children. Mm-hmm. So I think you don't take damage. Yeah, you mm-hmm. don't take damage. You only, you can still like fall into the abyss, but mm-hmm. you don't take damage if you get hit, which yeah. is kind of neat. They were planning for people like Justin. He said he wouldn't cry over a Yoshi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to work really hard to hurt him this game. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's cool. Like People get mad about this, and I think it's the weirdest thing, but Nintendo putting these accessibility of making mm-hmm. their games, you know, not just accessible to those with a, a handicap, but accessible to children Mm -hmm. so that children can play a game and play along. You know, I, I've heard so many dads Mm -hmm. who play video games and say, yeah, my two year old wants to do this thing. They want to do what I'm doing, right? Which is what little kids want to do. And I can give them the controller, but they don't really know what they're doing yet. So they just kind of hit the buttons, Mm -hmm. but they want to feel like they're interacting with it. And, to me, these sorts of features seem perfect for that, right? Now they can feel like they're playing along and they're not going to get hurt and they still have control over the little rabbit on screen. <laughs> yeah. No, I think this is great. And, like, I think about... I remember watching uh, Sakurai talking about when he first... when he created the first Kirby game, like, specifically designing it so you could play as a beginner and, like, you could literally just float over all of the enemies except for DDD at the end. And, like, I like to see this coming back because Lord knows I've quit on games because they're too hard. And not that I think Super Mario Bros. Wonder would be too hard, but <laughs> for a five-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. I, when people get mad about stuff like this, I'm like, it's okay, bro. You can still play it the hard way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, nobody's forcing you to play as Nabbit. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will not play this game as Nabbit. I, I can't imagine, but... But for the 100% completionists. <laughs> you're going to have to. If you're going to get that, like, speed run mm-hmm. all characters. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I do think sometimes they go too far on it. Like a lot of the Pokemon games in more recent years have like removed (laughs) set mode, which is a huge thing that Nuzlockers do. Mm -hmm. And so like making it mandatory to have it easier, but like something like Mm -hmm. this, like you said, it's not mandatory. You don't Mm -hmm. have to play as Yoshi. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. They're not dumbing down the game. They're just making the game more accessible. Mm -hmm. Right. Like to me, I have no problem with that. In fact, I think this is a only a positive. Mm -hmm. Um, they showed off some more of the power-ups that you can get. So there's the elephant that we've already seen. They showcase a little bit more of that. The elephant can uh, jump upwards and smash through uh, bricks. Uh, There is a bubble power-up, which allows you to shoot out bubbles, which you can trap enemies in, but you can also bounce off of them yourself. There is a drill helmet, which... Um, I'm guessing it's going to let you dig down through the ground and everything when you're wearing it. And through the ceiling. Um, they showed off some of the online play. Uh, so this has four players simultaneous play locally online. You can play against ghost. So you can actually race against other players, ghost and see who can complete the level, the fastest and everything. So if you are into speed running, um, that adds a 
online element. You cannot play it four players simultaneously online, though. We all we all made fun of Kojima when he talked about <laughs> making a new genre of game uh-huh. with the Strand game. And here Nintendo is with Mario with the standees, <laughs> telling people, you know, allowing them to, to the ghosts and the online player base to come to your aid. <laughs> yeah, they did show those standees that you can like put and like have little like warnings and stuff. And yeah, it, it is Mario is a Strand game now. <laughs> Just saying. Um, let's see. They showcased a badge system that is a series of special abilities that you can find or earn throughout the game. Um, and then you can take one of these into each level as you're playing them. Um, and so they showcased some of those and everything. There were things like being able to jump higher and, you know, changing the physics and that sort of thing. Um, it looked cool. It looked like a fun way to modify the Mario games. Yeah, and it's very reminiscent of the first two Paper Marios with the badge system mm-hmm. in that that you know boosted your you know jump power or gave you a different type of jump attack or hammer attack. And so um, I think that there's some nostalgia for that, specifically calling it like a badge system mm-hmm. for those of us who played those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, of course, they also showcase the Wonder Flyer, which is the item that you collect and makes Mario on LSD. Um, <laughs> this is where the pipes start growing taller and everything, where the one of the pipes is crawling along like an inchworm uh, on the ground and everything. But they showcase some more of that and the sort of things that it does. So there were uh, moments they were showing where characters would be trapped in bubbles and had to float to the top of a level. This is a way to access um, secret exits of levels. So a v- very much a callback to Super Mario World where you had multiple exits out of mm-hmm. a level. But the way that you access these instead of finding a hidden exit is by using the Wonder Flyer to access that mm-hmm. hidden exit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of them they showed was you could have, I don't know what they were, bull-like creatures. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, if you access the wonder, they would run across the level and you had to run across their backs and very much a uh, throwback to Sunset Riders, <laughs> immediately what I thought of. And they would just run through the flagpole at the end and that was the only way you could access the uh, hidden exit of the level. That all seemed really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say my reaction to all of this has been, this game looks amazing. This looks like the... You know, like who would have thought the biggest Mario game after we got uh, Odyssey, right? Everybody mm-hmm. thought we were going to get another big 3D Mario game. Mm-hmm. The next great Mario game was going to be a 2D Mario game. <laughs> yeah, I, I said it before we, we started. I know last week I said, oh, I'm not the biggest 2D Mario fan, but watching this direct, I mean, knowing myself, I don't know. That doesn't mean I'm going to get it, but like sure. it, uh, it definitely looked really intriguing for sure. Yeah. No, I, I was like, oh, you know, the new Mario game, that's nice. Now I'm like, this might go on my Christmas list. <laughs> yeah, I think if you haven't watched that direct, it's 15 minutes. It's basically a big, long trailer showcasing the game. Uh, I think it's entirely worth your time if you have at all any interest because it really sowed me more on this game. And I was probably already going to pick it up, but this just makes me much more excited to mm-hmm. actually play it. Uh, the last little detail that came out of this that was not directly related to the game was they announced a new OLED Mario Red Edition Switch. With um, hidden coins. <laughs> that was the coolest thing. <laughs> that was just adorable. 
Um, but I suppose if you don't have an OLED switch and you want to buy one in the last year of this console's <laughs> life, <laughs> which seems like a weird choice, but you know, there are people still, people who have a switch that breaks, right? Yeah. I, and I have a first gen switch. Um, and so like I have a smaller screen, it's not as clear. It's, uh, I can kind of tell it's, it's getting old because I played it a lot. So like this might go on a Christmas list for me. I have a launch switch. I got it at launch, and I have looked at these OLED switches, and I keep thinking, uh, I don't know. They're going to put out a new switch yeah. soon, and it makes me keep waiting. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I certainly would not turn one down if somebody wants to put that on their Christmas list. For yeah. Me. yeah. <laughs> um, so that does it for news. Uh, so let's get to our big question, and it is related to Mario Wonder. If you could give Mario a new power-up, what would it be, and uh, what would it do? So I know I've already tortured Mario over this because he was really <laughs> struggling with this question. So we won't start with Mario. We'll give him a few more seconds to think about it. Alicia, if you could create a new Mario power up, what would it be? Oh, man. <laughs> so we're thinking, like, you know, the leaf or the cape or, yeah. You know. I know. I'm like, my, my entire brain is like, what can I? What ideas can I steal from Kirby that Mario hasn't already gotten, <laughs> <laughs> or from Mega Man, or something? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna blatantly rip off Mega Man and say the Metal Blade because <laughs> you don't you don't need to beat any of the other Robot Masters to before that. Once you get that, that's mm -hmm. all you need. So give him the Metal Blade from Mega Man Two. <laughs> All right. Uh, that could be fun. A, a Mario game that plays like a Mega Man game and you have to get through the level, beat a boss, and you get a special power-up. That'd be neat. Um, we'll give Mario some more time. We'll go to OJ. Okay, so I thought this out. <laughs> so glad someone did. So there, I'm glad that Mario has to follow you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my idea is a crown, and I know that there's a crown for Toadette that turns her into Peachette uh, in one of the games. I can't remember which one it is. Um, it's like Mario Brothers U or something like that. One that nobody played. Um, <laughs> but I know that they used that crown as to, for Toadette on, I think, Mario Kart um, as the little logo or something like that. I can't remember. But so I think that Mario should get a crown that turns him into Maria Mario. Okay, so this is Mario in drag. And so it's going to, when you pick it up, there's going to be like a twirl and Mario like comes out in like full perfect drag. Uh, Maria now. Does, uh, does, she, does Maria sashay through the stage? She does. Yes. Uh, she does. It, when she jumps to land on enemies, she's going to death drop on them. Right. Uh, when she uh, goes and jumps up to like hit something when putting up like this, both of her hands are going to go up and then she's going to do like a little... Uh, a little dance uh, as she's doing that. Uh, she will be able to shoot fire uh, because her mushroom is on fire. And uh, she's going to be serving charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent throughout this entire game. Uh, and she's, I, I'm, I'm considering whether she gets the peach like floaty thing because of the dress, but I kind of want to pull it away from peach and have Maria be her own queen. Right. Um, and it's just, she's just going to look fabulous. When you get to Bowser at the end, is Bowser uh, confused by his attraction at Super Bowser Maria? At. 
<laughs> See, if all of the characters can get this crown and do drag, I think that would work. But yeah, so if you get to um, to Bowser, what's what's the thing from Community? Um, I have the weirdest boner right now. That's oh, essentially yeah. going to be Bowser. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so Mar and Mario are just going to work all the way through. Uh, but there has is to Tim be Gunn in this game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Instead of uh, your princess is in another castle, he's going to say, work it, Mario. Yes. Make it work. 100%. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and then all judges the final battle. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and then so as Mario is moving, instead of saving a princess, Mario is going to find a new drag outfit. And so it'll be a different challenge every level that Mario would then be able to do. Right. So they're going to. Um, there's going to be mini games with this power up. I know I'm uh, see, I thought this out a lot. There's going to be mini games with the power up where you have different drag challenges. So, Oh, you have to make your own dress. Oh, this is, um, like, uh, butch Luigi challenge, <laughs> right? This is a femme Daisy. So are you, are you thinking like uh, Zelda dungeon style where like each dress helps you get through the world? Yes. Excellent. Yes. Yes. I would play this spinoff game. Mm-hmm. Is this why you were late today? <laughs> uh, actually, no. I was thinking about it. So you sent the you sent us the stuff last night, and I read it, and I was like, it came to me because I I actually just finished season fifteen <laughs> of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, so the and then I was thinking about it all night, and actually I couldn't get to sleep because I was thinking of more details um, of this game. I and just imagine you like Jordan Mechner with like graph paper <laughs> furiously scribbling stuff down. Yes. Oh uh, so this is the Super Maria Sisters uh, because I think Luigi should also be involved in this. I mean, we you do know, have confirmation that Luigi thinks dresses are comfortable from <laughs> Luigi's Mansion. So <laughs> you do know that there is a very famous Mario knockoff called Super Gianna Sisters. I did not know that. Okay, hold on. Super You're like Gianna. very close to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's more of a whole game than a power up, but they could just add this in as like because the wonder flower changes everything, right? Sure. Then so can the crown. I think you find Tim Gunn. And he says, make it work, and the whole world changes. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Uh, and a, a, a tiara more than a crown, now that I think about it, and a scepter. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad OJ went this direction, because mine is also just going to be a completely different game. Um, and it's going to be with the retiring, or whatever we're calling it, of Charles Martinet. We... Mario, he went to live at a farm yeah, up north. Mario <laughs> gets the power of self-reflection where he reflects on his career <laughs> and all of the Goombas that he stomped. It's maybe like a a sort of gritty visual novel <laughs> where he, you know, you get Mario just sort of sitting in the bar Oh, by my himself. God, you are a replacement for Ryan. <laughs> where, where it's like I, the Mario Kart <laughs> SNL trailer. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just sitting in the bar, you know, sort of sipping on whatever he, he's got. And, you know, you just get all of the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, what it is. And so the, the gameplay section of the visual novel is you're playing these segments of past Mario games as we reflect on a career. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's from, like, the fabulous to the, like, very <laughs> depressing. 
the ripoff, the fabulous, the reflective. What have you got for us, Justin? <laughs> well, I think mine's more kind of in the ripoff direction. So I was thinking uh, one of the things they showcase in that trailer is something that looks like a grappling hook that Mario mm. uses at one point. And so I was thinking they should just really lean into that. And Peach should die at the beginning of the game. Um, I'm sorry, and you were saying that Mario's was dark? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mario, um, Peach, Mario should lose his arm, and he gets a replacement arm, and it's the ghost of Peach living in his replacement <laughs> arm that is also a grapple hook. So it's basically like the bio, Bionic Commando reboot that they did, <laughs> where his dead wife was living in his arm, um, but it's Mario. And uh, that, that's my suggestion for a Mario power-up. I just really want Mario with a grappling hook, but I also just really love that story. <laughs> you really just want Peach dead? Mm -hmm. nah, it could be Daisy. I don't care. <laughs> oh, dude, just put their hand up like they were about to say something. That's why we all stopped. So... So that game of Peach dead, and then he does. He's trying to live as, or he's trying to bring Peach back by being Maria as the the queen. Is Peach, games Peach dies. He's re reflecting on Peach's death in yeah. the bar, and comes to the conclusion of Maria. Uh, yeah, he and somewhere wants, along the line, there's a metal blade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to be close to Peach. He misses her so uh -huh. much, so he he just walks into her room and he finds her dress uh -huh. and he tries it on to feel mm -hmm. close to her and you know there begins his fantabulous mm -hmm. journey yeah there we go <laughs> nintendo <laughs> you should be listening to this oh my gosh it's nintendo we better get compensation for this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be like joseph gordon levitt don't rip us <laughs> off nintendo <laughs> All right, that does it for this week. You can get past episodes and other things on our website at salukigames.com. I want to thank OJ, Mario, and Alicia for joining me as always. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can also rate this podcast. It helps other people find it. So if you go to iTunes and Google Play Store and give us a, uh, a high rating, give us five stars, that helps other people find it. Um, so we always appreciate that. Uh, that's it for this episode. We'll be back next week. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs>